0: God's doing some amazing things. And uh, has anyone spotted uh, over in the States, there's this revival happening at the Asprey University. And um, just if you haven't seen it, just Google it, Ashbury University in the, in the States. They started, funnily enough, like a chapel night on a Wednesday. And they just got together to pray their Christian union on university campus. That was two Wednesdays ago. They started to pray and that prayer meeting has not stopped since then. 24 hours a day, nine days long now. God's doing something. People are traveling in because they just want to be in the presence of God. And here's what I think. I don't want to look over the fence and go, oh, we're jealous of what you've got. We want to say, God, you're doing something here and we want to embrace it. But sometimes that means we've got to put ourselves out a little bit. And so I want to encourage you. Come on, let's join in with what God's doing. Because you'll be blessed. Your household will be blessed your workplace will be blessed, your street will be blessed because the church just said, yes, God, we're joining in with you. Amen? Come on, God's up to some great stuff. Let's pray this message in. Father, I want to thank you for every amazing person in this room. I want to thank you for every amazing person who will watch online. I declare blessing over each of them in Jesus' name. Lord, we choose right now to open our ears and to soften our hearts and say, Lord, would you speak to me? Could your word cut through my shoes and bring me a greater level of freedom? Let me take a step towards Jesus today to be a little bit more like him. And I ask that in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Touch the person next to you and say he's got a message for you. We are in the middle of this theme. Our year theme is the glory of God we're chasing down the glory as I've read on this topic as I've listened to podcasts as I've listened to messages from some from many years ago from wise wiser teachers than me I'm understanding that the glory of God is vast it's a massive massive topic and we're trying to bring it into bite-sized pieces so we can grab it and I don't want to rush it we're actually laying a foundation because i believe later in this year God wants to reveal his glory in new ways through us because we've understood and because we've laid a foundation. You know, put your hand up if you want to see more healing in and through the church. You know, put your hand up if you want to see doors opening and testimony of Jesus goodness. We're going to see all this, but in this moment we're laying a foundation. And it takes some time and i don't anyone who's a builder knows you have to get the foundation's right otherwise it all falls apart later. And we're not going to let it fall apart later because we're getting the foundation right now. We're breaking the glory down into three bite-sized chunks, which we are saying is the goodness or character of God. Anyone experience the goodness of God in your life? You're just like, wow, that was so good. That had to have been God. We're talking about the presence of God. And we're talking about the power of God. And these things sort of culminate in this word we're calling glory. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. And it really has to do with weight. Imagine the full weight of heaven in your life. That's the glory. The full weight of heaven behind your dream. That's the glory. And you can go for your dream and you may well succeed. But when you have the weight of heaven behind you, there's just a different result. It's the glory chasing you down. I wonder if you've had that experience where you're in a worship moment and we had a great one just there and we're going to have a great one on Wednesday where you're just like, the weight of God is here. I just sense it. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it's just here. I don't know if you have it, but sometimes when I lift my hands out in worship, I almost feel like my hands just get heavy. Anyone have that? It's just like, it's the presence of God. I know he's here. I know, I know, I know. And in that moment, he's doing something on the inside of me. It's the presence of God. It's linked with the glory. How about that time when you're up against a wall? There doesn't seem to be any way past it. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, a new solution arrives. And you're like, wow, that's the goodness of God. I didn't see a way through this. But suddenly, an unexpected event happened, and it changed my situation. And you're like, wow, I could just say that's coincidence. Or it could say there's a father in heaven who loves me. And he's orchestrating things on my behalf. That's his goodness. And it's all linked in with this thing we're calling the glory of God. What about that time when your health report said, no, this is it. We can manage your symptoms. But that's all we can do right now. Maybe you've got a friend or a family member and they've had that kind of report. But then the church stands up in faith and says, we're going to pray and suddenly something shifts and it's the power of God breaking through what humanity says is ridiculous there's just no way that could happen until the glory of God shows up and changes everything in a moment I hope I'm stirring your faith because this is what God's calling us to a church and you as an individual who lives a life carrying the glory of God everywhere you go I want to believe for the times when we go shopping down to Asda, Tesco, Waitrose or wherever it is you do it there are many places to shop Wherever you choose to do it and you go in there and you feel compelled to go to someone and say, I've just got a word for you. You're amazing. I wonder how many people in the shop in a random moment, it would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? But wouldn't it be cool if we were brave enough to do this kind of stuff? And you just just, said, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I saw your face. And God just wants you to know you're an amazing mum. And she's like, I needed to hear that. Can you, can you just imagine the moment? Well, that's the goodness on display through people like you. We want to carry the glory of God. Are you with me? Yeah. This is God doing what he can do through people like me and you. Amen? Yeah. Moses, and one of our patriarchs of the faith, Moses knew that God's presence was crucial. What's his famous prayer? God, if your presence do- doesn't go with us, I ain't going. Because if I'm on my own, I'm bound to stuff it up. But when your presence is with me, it changes everything. Yeah. Moses knew that the presence was key. Come on, you need to be a Christian who chases the presence of God. You need to be a Christian who wakes up in the morning, puts your feet on the ground and say, without your presence, Lord God, I'm not even moving. I'm going to work with your presence. I'm going on the school run with your presence. I'm going to the shop with your presence because it's a game changer. And we've got to get it on our lips, in our mind, on our prayers, and in our lifestyle. Are you with me? You know, when... In the Old Testament, you look at the Ark of the Covenant, and that's where God's presence dwelt, and they took it with reverence. They had to carry it in a certain way. Do you know there was a moment in time when they had to take a step at a time? Because they were carrying the presence. Let's never be flippant about the presence of Almighty God. This is the creator of the universe saying, I want to give you my presence. And they carried it with reverence. Imagine me saying, come on church, we're going on a 10-mile walk with the presence of God like this. That's a flipping long walk. Yeah. But the presence is worth it. Because the presence changes everything. Are you hearing me? And this is what happened when they put the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, the symbol of the presence of God, in Solomon's temple. This is what's happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, and verse 14 so the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God that's what the presence does it's just like whoa God is so magnificent I can't even do my job I'm not sure the boss will agree with that when you go to work I was coming in to do my work but but, but the glory showed up and I just couldn't do my job I'm sorry (laughs) but wouldn't it be amazing wouldn't it be a great dream as a church To come into the place of worship and just go, I can't move. God is here so powerfully. It's doing something on the inside of me. I was just like, wow. Wouldn't it amazing if you invited your friend that you've been praying for for years and they turned up and they weren't sure what they're coming to and they're like, whoa, something's happening here. It's the glory of God on display through people like me and you. And here's the thing. People knew where to go to experience the glory. They knew if they went to the Ark of the Covenant, that's where they were going to find God. And so when they needed an encouragement, when they needed some power in their life, when they needed a changed outcome, they knew where to go. And then Jesus rocks up, comes down from heaven. What's he carrying? The glory of God. And everywhere he went, he attracted people. Why? Because people knew where to go to encounter the glory. Do you remember the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years? She was bleeding and she saw Jesus coming. She knew where to go to get her healing. Why? Because he carried the glory of God. And she said, I'm pushing through the crowds. I'm not even allowed in here. But shove you, Lord. I'm after my healing. I'm going for Jesus. And she grabbed his hem. And she was made well. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if people started coming to church? Because they knew they were going to find the glory of God there. Yeah. And their friends and their family members might take the mickey of them. They, should, they feel like they shouldn't even be here. But they're going to sneak in the back door because they know it's going to change. Yeah. Come on. We need to change this world with the glory of God. Yeah. Jesus carried forgiveness inclusion encouragement all of the time everywhere he went and these are all part of the glory it's all part of the presence of God in all of this so what now Jesus died rose again and sits at the right hand of the father that place of authority but this is what Paul writes to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 3 and verses 20 and 21 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine? And I love that. I don't know what you can picture and imagine, but supersize it because then you get on God's page. According to His power that is at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church. And look at this. I love this. In the church, you would think it say in Jesus and then the church, but He says in the church and then in Jesus. We are the ones on the earth carrying the glory. It's me and you. We are called to carry this glory so we can expect things we can't even imagine to start happening. Which is why I'm using weird language like imagine going to someone in Tesco's. Can you imagine that? Probably not, but we to start imagining that. Someone walking in the, the place of worship and going, whoa, I'm just prostrate, I can't even move because of the glories here. We are called to carry the glory. Touch the person next to you and say, you're a glory carrier. You know, you look at you know, there's various expressions of church and various expressions of church even in this room. But we do it, you know, we have a, a lovely hug. I hope someone gave you a hug on the way in. One of our red t-shirts. Round of course, for our red t-shirts. They're awesome. You know, we have brilliant musicians. You know, we have phenomenal preachers. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! We've got lights and all this and that. Do you know why we do that? Because we want you to have a great time. None of that changes your life what changes your life is the presence of God that's what we're going for we create an environment to say God we're here for you we want to have a great time but we're here for your presence but I don't want to negate the brilliant people who work in this church because I believe that hug you received on the way in was a hug from a glory carrier and so actually maybe you encountered the presence of God in that hug I believe our worship team are anointed And so when they sing a song, it's just not that they're good vocalists and good musicians. They're carrying the glory of God, which encourages his presence. Can you see this? And so everything adds up to this picture of when we come to church, we come for his presence. Just like Moses, if your presence doesn't go with us, I'm not even going. You know, if we're going to church and the presence is there, are you in the right church? Come on, we need to be presence carriers. And we need that to be our expectation. Are you with me? So my title today, that was the longest introduction in history. I've only got 45 pages to get through. We'll be all right. (laughs) Purity attracts presence. Purity attracts presence. This is David's prayer in Psalm 51 verses 10 and 11. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Can you see the link this man makes? This is the guy who's got a heart after God. This is the anointed one. He was anointed three times, David, and this was his prayer. Let me be pure so I can handle your presence. Can you see it? Purity attracts presence. I don't know if you've ever been around people that you would describe as pure, pure hearted people. You know, when you're with them, their only agenda is to have a great time with you. Their only agenda is that you're doing well. You're encouraged. How many times do you get around people that when you think about it later, you think they had an agenda. They were trying to get something out of me. You know, They were trying to manipulate the situation. They were trying to get me to go to something, give to something, whatever it might be, wanted me for something. But pure-hearted people are are pure. They just want you to be okay. I love being around people like that. So does God. Where we don't come with an agenda, but we come with a, we're just here for you, Jesus. With all my faults and all my struggles, we're just here for you. We're putting our pure hearts on display. So as we think of that, let me unpack this passage with you in Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5. Famous passage. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. We're in preparation, church. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain or hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places are plain. And look what happens. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So the passage says prepare. Why are we preparing? Because the glory is coming. Can you see the page we're on church? The glory is coming. How are we going to prepare? Well those valleys, the dips need raising up. Those mountains and hills need pulling down. The rugged places need to be made smooth. Why? Because it makes it easy for the glory to flow. So here's my question to you, church. Can we get a bit serious? Have you been treated in your life so poorly that you've put mountains up? That I wanted to enter that friendship, but I was hurt once before, so I've raised a mountain. Oh, I was, I was going to try that business idea I had, but I tried it years ago and I fell flat on my face and I put a mountain up. I, I really want to get myself into church, it is my goal, but I've got so much history and I've been let down so many times that I put a mountain up. And because of things of our past, we've created so many mountains that we can't just create a highway for the Lord. And God is saying, How do we prepare? We flatten the mountains. I wonder how many people have been bold in your life and really gone for something, started a ministry, tried for a relationship or friendship, gone for a business idea, and it fell flat on its face. And you're a bit embarrassed, and it created a dip in your life. It left a hole in you. And it's like an opportunity comes in the year 2023. And all you look back at is that hole that was created in my life because they said no. it didn't go how I hoped because I'm a bit embarrassed and although it was 15 years ago it still tugs at my heart and it bothers me and God is saying I want to release my glory through you and all you can see is this great big hole and he says prepare and how do we prepare we fill the holes in and raise them up so that there is a flat plane for the glory of God to come are you hearing me you know we prepare I prepare these preachers but I'm going to take a moment We're all right to get off the page together, aren't we? Lord, even in this moment right now, for anyone who relates to those kind of thought processes, I speak your healing. If you failed in the past, if you've been let down in the past, if it didn't go right in the past and you know there's a mountain or a dip, I declare the healing of God over you in Jesus' name. Come on, can there be an agreement in your heart? Because what's this doing? It's preparing for the glory. God wants you to be a glory carrier. And it's so difficult to carry the glory of Almighty God when there's a mountain in your life. When there's a hole in your life. And he's saying, I'm here by my power to heal your past. And I declare it over you in Jesus' name. Amen. So often, because of our past, we create what I'm going to call coping mechanisms you know what, uh, this is who I am, I'm confident, I'm out there and then this thing happened to me and then after that thing happened to me, I'm not so confident, I'm, not, I'm a bit more withdrawn and you know what that is? That's not the pure version of you, that's a diluted version of you and a diluted version of you may well be good but it's not great. If the real pure you could come out to play, what would that look like? And I know this, that's more attractive to God, so he can release his glory through you. And some of the coping mechanisms we create are things like this, their attitudes in life. People's attitude towards sex is so often prevalent today because of something that happened back there. I was messed about there, and so I've hidden myself away, and I have tainted thoughts about something that should be pure. And then God says, I want to put my glory on you. But I can't put my glory on you with this great big mountain in your life. And we have to choose to make choices of purity. Are you with me? People have attitude towards money. The big issues in life. Why? Because I was adventurous once. And I was generous once. And I gave to stuff once. And I believed in people once. And you know what? It was thrown in my face. And I'm closing the wallet. And that's a diluted version of you. I'm not negating your history, your pain or anything you went through. But I'm saying is, God is saying, I want a glorious church. And so we've got to flatten the mountains and we've got to raise the valleys. And we've got to say, God, I can't do this on my own, but you're the great healer. I want to be a pure version of me. God made you brilliant. And I know how it works out. I've had history myself. You go through, you know you're confident in this brilliant person that God made you. And stuff happens. And it chips away at you and breaks you down a little bit. And you start to limp. And you start to look through things at different angles. And you're like, oh, I can't do it anymore. And God says, yes, you can. Because I'm flattening that mountain. And I'm raising that valley. That hole in your life that is just hurting you and wounding you and diluting you. Today's your day. He's going to raise it so that he creates a highway for his glory could we look at sex differently could we look at money differently how about family i'm touching on all the big topics here i bet there's no one in this room who could raise their hand and say my family is perfect because do you know why because it's full of people your family was brilliant until you got in it soz you see what i'm trying to say we're people all with our different gifts and ideas and viewpoints put together in a household and god says enjoy that this is why i believe christian households should succeed the most because we don't do it on our own we say god i need your help to love my wife better to love my children better to be more open with them to ask for Your forgiveness and be honest when i get it wrong push the pride down we should be the best households on the planet but the reality is it's tough but I wonder what's happened to us along the journey how are you treated by your parents how are your parents treated by their grandparents what exists in cycles in your household and is today the day you break it to say I want to be a more pure version of myself the one you created to me to me to be Lord God I've created a mountain because of the way I was treated by my parents. And if I'm honest, I look at myself and I'm treating my kids the same way. What am I doing? But I can't seem to break it. And God says, I'm here this morning. And we're pushing down the mountains to create a highway for the glory of God. Is there an amen somewhere in the house? God's up to some stuff. What about church? We're going to touch on all the big topics. Do you know what? You will not find the perfect church on the planet. You just won't again because it's got people in it we're all different we all got we all think we know how it should go and what God should do and who should pray and who should preach and how the worship should go and how long the service should be and what things we should reach there's loads of stuff to do and none of us is perfect but how about we just submit to God and say have your way I'm not right about everything I'll throw my two pennies worth in and if it counts as something great but if it doesn't I'm going to get behind a vision and God can move but sometimes it just takes us to think, I've been in great churches, I've been in rubbish churches, but now I'm called to this church and we're going to have a go. Yeah. And together we create this highway for the glory of God. And it won't be perfect, but it will be amazing if we do it together. Amen. Yeah. Let's have a look at this in 2 Kings chapter 2, and verses 19 and 22. The people were having an issue where nothing was working in their city. And they called to the prophet Elisha, the people of the city said to Elisha, look our Lord, this town is well situated, it should be going well, we're in the right place, should be perfect, we're well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it, so they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed the water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elijah has spoken. Can you see it? There is this city that is just got full of potential. It's in the right place. All the ingredients are there, yet it's not working. And so they call on the Lord, and this is what the Lord says. I'm going to throw salt on it. And what does salt do? It cleanses and purifies. And then suddenly it starts to flow again. It starts to flow again. becomes productive. And I wonder how many of us are super gifted, super talented. Everything in your life looks like it's in the right place, but it's just not productive. Well, I wonder. Do you need some salt thrown on it? Do you need some purification? Do you need to be cleansed from something that's hurting you from the past? Do you need to be cleansed from an attitude you've created because of your past? Have you got into a thought pattern? Have you got into habits that just aren't honouring God and then you're wondering why it won't flow and you come to church on a morning like this and God says, let me throw some salt on it and I'm going to purify it. Have you ever rubbed salt into a wound? It's not the nicest, is it? How about this one? Have you ever rubbed salt into an ulcer Ooh, yeah. I like doing that to my children <laughs> it's really good for it it's the best thing we heal it the fastest okay dad ah what are you doing <laughs> Josh said that's Evie not him here's the point I'm making sometimes it's painful dealing with the past Sometimes it's painful to acknowledge, actually, I've got some poor attitudes in my life. But the stinging's for a short time, and the healing's forever. And I just wonder how many people in this room, if you're honest with yourself, need to be healed of some stuff. And it might be painful to acknowledge that, but it's for a short time. And then God says, Now we can flow. Now you can get productive. Now you can carry my glory, because we've dealt with stuff. Now there are attitudes and behaviours in this room that I won't know about, only you know about. But if you're honest with yourself, they don't glorify God. Come on, what is it you're doing when no one else is looking? And is it glorifying God? What are you looking at? How are you talking? We live in a world which watches all the wrong stuff. And yet we come to church and say, show us your glory. And we're all watching that same stuff. We live in a world which talks in a certain way, all kinds of behaviours, gossip, poor language. And we get sucked into it and speak like that and think like that. And we come to church and say, show us your glory. he says, come on. Purity attracts presence. Come on, this is a shout from a pastor who loves you. To say, come on, what does purity look like for you? What is it you need to shift in your world which makes you able to be a highway for the glory of God? Can we flatten the mountain? Can we raise the valley to say, I'm changing today, Lord God. And I may not be perfect and I may not get it right, but my heart has shifted towards it. And I'll step it out. And I'll step it out. Because I'm walking out with the presence of God. Are you hearing me? This is what I felt God say. I want to show you my glory. I want you to experience me in new ways. I want to demonstrate my power and my goodness and my authority through you. I want my presence to be with you all the time. So let's prepare the way. Let's prepare today. We can do this together. Can you hear the heartbeat of the Father? I don't know what purity looks like for you. But I know this. There is no judgment or condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. When you consider the woman caught in adultery. And sometimes we say that. But let's just backtrack. She was caught. In the act of adultery. Now, I don't need to unpack that anymore, do I? That's embarrassing. And in that time, even more embarrassing. Today, we'd probably think it was hilarious. You know, the culture we live in today, ah, oh, another notch on the bedpost. Come on, we represent Almighty God. It's not how we should be talking or thinking. This woman back then was caught in that act. Do you know the punishment at the time? Death by stoning. The punishment today is it's on Facebook or Instagram. And everyone's going, hey, look who I pulled tonight. And it's celebrated. And yet God is saying, church, we have to carry a different spirit. This woman caught in adultery was up against a wall. And all the guys were there with a stone. She was going to get what she deserved. But Jesus is sat there. And they look at Jesus and he's just chilling, drawing on the floor, hanging out like Jesus does in the midst of the trouble. I love it when Jesus just hangs out in the midst of my trouble, always ends up better. And there he is. And before anyone throws a stone, they say, Rabbi, she's been caught in adultery. Death by stoning is the right thing. What would you do? And you know his response, don't you? He says this, he looks them in the eye and he says, any of you who has no sin, you can throw the first stone. And they searched their heart and they were like, they had to drop the stone and walk away. And there is this woman caught in the act of adultery. How embarrassing. Trembling up against the wall, literally faced death. And there's Jesus, my Jesus, your Jesus. The same Jesus who later goes to a cross, And hangs there in a place he didn't deserve to be in. Being put to death by the very people he came to save. That Jesus is standing there before her. And he says, woman, come to me. He says, is anyone here accusing you? And she looked around and she says, no. And he says this, and I want you to hear it. I don't accuse you either. Go and live better. So I don't know what's in your world right now. I don't know what's in your habits, your thought processes, or in your mouth. But I know this. Jesus doesn't condemn you. But he says, go and live better. And I will empower you to do that. Are you with me? Come, could we be in our hearts, be doing some business with heaven today? Because if we could become a pure church, doing our best, so that when we get it wrong, grace covers it. My grace is sufficient for you. Do you understand that? Grace is undeserved favor. I've messed it up a million times, but his grace covers me even though I don't deserve it. That's undeserved favor. But I don't say, oh, well, I've got grace, so I'll just keep messing up. Then it doesn't matter. There's grace. Oh, I've messed it up again, grace. Oh, i messed it up again, grace. That's just stupid. That's taking the mickey out of grace. What grace does is this, is it empowers me to make a different choice. I messed it up here. I can do better. Come on, Barry. You're better than that. Today's a new day I choose different, And I step out and step closer to Jesus. And it works and it flows and it encourages me to live better. And the more I step towards Jesus, the further I step away from that awful habit I used to have. And I'm stepping closer to Jesus and closer to Jesus and closer to Jesus. And that awful habit that's holding me gets further and further away by his grace. And what's happening? Purity is developing in me. And as purity develops in me, what happens? That mountain comes down. That valley raises up and a highway for the glory is prepared. Come on, there needs to be some people this morning that can make a choice to say, I choose purity. Because just like David highlighted, it attracts presence. And when we have his presence, it changes everything. Are you hearing me? I know I'm saying some hard stuff, but sometimes i like a few amens or someone to encourage me a little bit. This is real, isn't it? Sometimes I know it gets a bit quiet because I touch a few buttons and it's a little bit like, oh, that's me. Can I encourage you? Do you know when you're sitting here thinking, oh, that's me, the person next to you is also thinking, oh, that's me. It's all of us. Every single one of us has got our issues. But every single one of us has got a gracious father that says no condemnation. Every single one of us has got Jesus who's full of grace. Every single one of us has got an opportunity to make a different choice today which lowers that mountain from our past and says, I agree with you, Jesus. Come on, let me see your glory. Could we be glory carriers? Jesus loves you, full stop. Just as you are, he loves you, full stop. But here's what I want to challenge you with. There are some things in your life that just need to stop. And there are some things in your life that just need to start. Could we create new rhythms? New rhythms that attract presence. New habits that attract presence. And could we stop old rhythms, which are the opposite of that? Are you with me? Some of you love doing certain stuff, but it's actually hindering the presence. Stop it and start something new. I know that's challenging, but we're not going to be the church that Jesus wants to be unless we're prepared to be challenged. We we can't carry on the same and expect a different result, yeah? That's the definition of stupidity, isn't it? Or foolishness or whatever it is. But today could be a new day for you. You know, if you're a parent in the room and you want the best for your children, you change. If you hope that one day that your children will have a happy marriage, display to them what a happy marriage looks like. You know, if you want your children to grow up generous and we want to be a generous church, demonstrate generosity. Even though sometimes you're hindered by your past, you say, I'm going to push through it. Are you hearing me? God loves you so much and he wants to display himself through you. And as part of that, we have to agree and take some ownership of our habits and our lifestyles. And allow him to do what only he can do in our past, but we can agree with him in our present. Are you hearing me? Can I invite you to stand? I'd love to pray a few prayers. Jesus. Let me invite you just to close your eyes for a moment. You don't have to, but I think it's helpful. Let's do some business with the King of Kings. Jesus. holy spirit i pray that you'd come and move amongst your church right now all these brilliant 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 people you've gathered the family of god each of us loved each of us unique each of us brilliant but would you come and search us now father father I pray, Lord God, that you'd highlight to people in this moment things from the past that are hindering them. What's that mountain we've created because something happened? I got hurt and I was disappointed. It didn't work out. I was pushed aside. I was rejected. Holy Spirit, highlight that to your church now. do something in it for this moment that I feel like only I can do in the room because I'm a church leader. I want to speak to everyone in the room who's ever been hurt by church and the unfortunate thing is lots of people have been hurt by church because the church is just a bunch of people and sometimes we're wrong. Know this, you've not been hurt by God, you've been hurt by church and as a church leader can I stand in the gap in your history and say sorry sorry if you were hurt by church you didn't deserve it it wasn't your fault forgive us Lord I pray in this moment that you begin to bring down hills and mountains that have been built up because of church bless you bless you as you walk out your healing bless you as you get bolder in what you will and won't do be free be free in Jesus name I throw salt on that and cleanse it can I pray for some of the ladies in this room have been abused at the hands of a man it wasn't your fault and it might have been years ago but it still impacts you today and it's a mountain in your life that is stopping you just being free to be you as a man can I stand in the gap and say sorry you didn't deserve that could you forgive us and I throw salt on you and say be healed in Jesus' name. You don't have to live the diluted version of you anymore. You can live the pure version of you, the best version of you. Can I pray for the men in the room? the thing that men crave most in all the world isn't love the thing that men crave most in the world is respect and so for every man in this room who has been disrespected I throw salt on you and encourage you to push that mountain down because you're a great man you deserve respect bless you in the room who's under 25 in fact if you're under 25 would you be brave enough just to put your hand in the air if that's you you're 25 or under could you put your hand in the air if you're near someone with their hand in the air could you put your hands on their shoulder if if there's someone far away from you feel free to move around this is body ministry now there's some people in the front row lovely people here on the third or fourth row back here make sure no one's on their own My prayer has always been that the next generation would go further than I've ever been. But who knows that this generation is facing more opposition to spirituality than they've ever faced. All the issues surrounding gender and sexuality. It's really out there now. All the ideas on what spirituality looks like, on what purity looks like and holiness looks like. These guys are up against it. But nothing is impossible for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to pray a prayer over each of these guys and then I'm going to give you, you who have got your hands on them, just one minute to pray for them. If If you're not with anyone, maybe reach out to someone and just be praying a prayer from where you are because we want this generation to take new ground. We want this generation to literally change the world in Jesus' name if you're an older person in this room, can I encourage you? This isn't about young people going off and doing stuff. This is about the young and the old working together. Because young people need the wisdom of old people. They've got energy and strength that we don't have, but we've got wisdom that they don't have. It's how we work together to advance the kingdom. So this isn't about young people and not old people. It's actually about all of us together. So let's pray for these young people. Father, I lift up these amazing young to you. Thank you that you've called them to live in this time. They were called for such a time as this and I declare an empowerment over you now in Jesus name that you will be standout people in your generation that you would be a light on a hill that your friends and your colleagues would look to you and say well there's something different about you and you would get a fresh boldness in your heart to say yes what's different about me is Jesus is in my life and that you would get a conviction in your heart to speak up on his behalf and the glory would flow through you that you would see miraculous outcomes you would see healing it would become your norm to walk in the presence of God and you would change the world I declare it over you in Jesus name and God's church said amen let me give you a moment pray for these people